Life can be messy and hard, but one of the things God has promised to give us is freedom, freedom deep in our hearts that is not dependent on the ever-changing waves of circumstances, but set on the steadfast promises of God. This freedom gives us a secure identity, even with a broken past. It helps us have joy in parenting, even when we are completely exhausted. This freedom gives us love for our spouses, even when they are unlovable. And it can give us purpose in our careers, even if it's not the one we want. But I feel stuck sometimes, don't you? What does it really mean that Christ has set us free? That's why we're here. Welcome to the Abiding Free Podcast with Kristen and Shannon. We invite you to walk on this bumpy but beautiful journey toward freedom as we learn to abide in Him. Get ready for tears and laughter and everything in between. Because this podcast is about living from the truth that, yes, it was for freedom that Christ has set you free. Welcome back to the Abiding Free Podcast. This is Kristen, and I am so grateful today. I have a very special guest on the podcast, Scarlett Hiltabidal. And before I introduce her formally, I'd like to talk about what we are going to be discussing today. It's a very important and weighty topic. It's near to my heart, probably to many of you. And this is the topic of anxiety, anxiousness. You know, first, I just want to mention some um, briefly, just some some startling data that I found, you know, in reference to, you know, anxiety, particularly, you know, just starting with anxiety disorders. According to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S., affecting 40 million adults in the U.S. age 18 and older. That's about 18% of the population. Now, that is, think about that, that's the number of reported, um, you know, those with anxiety disorder. But I think we can all we can all say that we all struggle to some degree with anxiety, with anxiousness. You know, um, the Journal of Psychiat- Psychiatric Research also reports that data shows that anxiety is increasing among adults under the age of fifty in the U.S. with rapid increase among young adults. So I think I probably already didn't have to convince you that this is an important topic. And perhaps more than ever, this is a topic the church needs to be talking about frequently. And so that is why I was so thrilled when my church um, decided to do this uh, Lifeway Bible study, and it is called Anxious. And again, this is with our podcast guest. We're going to link it in the show notes, um, Scarlett Hiltabidal. And she's also the author of Afraid of All the Things, and He Numbered the Pores on My Face. She writes regular columns for Parent Life magazine and devotionals for She Reads Truth. She enjoys speaking to women around the country about the freedom and rest available in Jesus. Scarlett has a degree in biblical counseling. She taught elementary school before she started writing. She and her husband live in Southern California, where she loves signing with her three daughters. I can't wait to hear about that a little bit. (laughs) And she eats nachos by herself, which I can attest to that. (laughs) She writes for her friends. And this is probably my favorite part of learning about her is that she studies stand-up comedy. She has a passion for it, but she thinks it should be reserved um, (laughs) for more important pursuits. I love that. Thank you for joining us, Scarlett. Thank you for having me. Um, so 
before we just dive into, you know, some specifics about, you know, the book and, and just your, your um, experience in this area, I would love to hear just your journey, your personal journey. You know, I'm sure our listeners would know, like, what what's your relationship with anxiety and what, what was your journey to writing, you know, a study on anxiousness? Yeah, that's a, I could, I could just talk for hours about that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, I, I had kind of, this will also kind of explain the stand-up comedy thing you just mentioned. (laughs) Okay, good. um, I had an unusual upbringing. My mom's a comedian. She was on Saturday Night Live. Um, So I was born into this Hollywood world. Um, She, she got the job to be on the cast of SNL when I was six months old. And she was on it for six seasons. So I grew wow. up in LA around comedians all the time. And it's so funny that like we grow up and we just start, you know, we have interests and we behave in ways and we don't even like, I didn't even really tie that together until like two years ago where I was like, wow. I watch everything I can about comedy. Oh yeah. Duh. It's like, that's why <laughs> um, it didn't even occur to me. It was just like, this is my interest, you know? But um, that. Mm. Yeah, my biological dad was a magician fire eater. Um, Whoa! I, a mag- wait, wait, say yeah. that again. A magician oh, no, fire I'm eater. Really yeah, magician fire eater. Um, we do not have a relationship now, but I was adopted by my um, by Paul, my dad, who was on the SWAT team in Miami. Um, yeah. This is all just kind of answering your question. I just had this crazy life <laughs> when I was a kid. Um, moving, divorce, Hollywood. And I was like a straight wow. arrow perfectionist. Um, I just wanted stability. I just wanted to do everything right. And my mom was also a believer and she was raising me to believe that the Bible is true and Jesus is the hope of the world. And so I think that in my little brain, I was just like holding that up to everything I was seeing and thinking like, I don't know. I just, I kind of had this whole Christian faith backwards, even though I was memorizing the verses, graduated from a Christian school, graduated from Bible college. Like I was quote, a professional Christian by the time I was, I don't know, you know, in my teen years, but I lived as though I lived as though it was about my goodness. I had Mm. to earn the favor of God. I had to earn the favor of people. And I could say it is by grace that I've been saved through faith, not of myself. So no one can boast. I could quote that, but I did not It wasn't in my heart. I, you know, I think I became a Christian at 14, but I was Mm. so panicked all the time. I had anxiety about everything, which is understandable, you know, moving, divorce, all that, all the life change I went through. But my main anxiety was a spiritual anxiety because it was like, I would go to church and I would hear about this Jesus guy and he'd say, you did all these things in my name, depart from me. I never knew you. And so my Mm. whole life I'm trying to figure out, is he talking about me? I'm doing all the Christian things I'm supposed to do. How can I make sure I'm doing it right? And honestly, like I'm such an overthinker. I can get in my head even now like that. If, and if I'm not, you know, um, disciplining myself to be in God's word and community and be reminded of the truth, I forget. And I start mm-hmm. again living like it's about my works instead of the works of Jesus. You know, it's about what he accomplished on the cross on my behalf, his perfection. And my life is about pointing to him and worshiping him. Um, wow. When we get it opposite, I mean, that's crushing and it's anxiety and it's, you know, darkness and all that stuff. So the short version of the story is I became, I decided to follow Jesus officially at 14 is what I say. Although my mom just sent me something from a scrapbook where I'd written my testimony in high school and I said I was five. I don't know. I was just trying to say <laughs> yeah, everything but- <laughs> the way I was supposed to, but I remember like actually 
like having a powerful heart change at 14 in a church when I saw a play and I was like, this is it. I'm a real follower of Jesus. But of course I have all these layers and stories of God using people and circumstances in his word to show me, um, how it's about him and not about me, you know? And, um, yeah, the anxious Bible study, my first book was afraid of all the things. And it was kind of this testimony of learning to, um, or just how the gospel had changed, like understanding the gospel had changed my baseline, had changed my, um, my, my everything. And then the wow. Bible study was, you know, this is, you're doing it with your church. It's a workbook. It's learning to fight anxiety with God's word. So there you go. There's the short version. Wow. No, I love that. I, I just love to just, I mean, as a parent, one thing that stands out to me uh, amongst many is just how you were saying she was constantly you know, pointing you to Jesus. And I just think, you know, maybe how how encouraging it is for parents that we may not see the seeds right away, but obviously God was working in your life that whole time. And, you know, like you said, he was unraveling that, you know, twisted view that I can relate to that's similar to my testimony is just, yeah, the do-gooding, you know, Christianity that I think people still, it's just still so prevalent, would you say? For sure. Yeah. My, I just had a book come out this year called you're the worst person in the world. <laughs> and um, I saw that. Yeah. Yes. And the subtitle is why it's the best news ever that you don't have, <laughs> whether you aren't enough and you can't fix it on your own. And it's because mm-hmm. that exact, it's all tied together with my anxiety story, of course, which is, I think it's natural for most people um, to, and even people who are not do-gooders or whatever you just called it. Like yeah. we all want to be we all want to be validated that we are succeeding in some way, even if it's, mm-hmm. I'm the coolest slacker there is, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> right. um, and I just think no matter how much Bible knowledge, no matter how, no matter what we are human beings and we're wired to be selfish and we wake up and we say, what do I want to eat today? And what am I, what are my plans today? Yeah. It's like right. impossible without doing what, and without obedience, without doing what Jesus says, without being involved in our local church and being around other believers and all these things that he says to do, it's impossible to keep our, our eyes on the Lord and have that mm-hmm. peace and joy. And so, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love that. That's such a good word. I, you know, now specifically, if you wouldn't mind sharing, um, I think because it looks differently for everyone, I, I like how you've kind of hinted about even just these different types of anxiety. And, you know, you mentioned spiritual anxiety. And I guess the question I have for you, um, if you wouldn't mind sharing, is what what would you say anxiety has looked like specifically, you know, in your life, you know, as you look back and probably different seasons, it's looked differently. But what would you say it's looked like for you, Scarlett? Yeah, um, well, for me, it's, health anxiety has always been a major part of my life. I mean, that's mm. like my, my, one of my earliest memories. And this is like in the first chapter of afraid of all the things is being told by a doctor in a city I'd never been that I have nervous stomach and I should calm down. Like I was in the hospital convinced I was dying no. of appendix rupture. Like I've mm. always, since I was five and we joke about that in my family now, but in the moment, I mean, I thought I was dying, you know, it was um, so real in the moment. Yeah. It right. No, like literally this year, I think I put this on Instagram, but I had a, <laughs> I had a physical and I had this list of symptoms. I'm like, I know I'm anxiously wired. It's I'm, everything's probably fine, but let me just tell you what's going on. And she kind of 
the doctor explained away each thing. And the next day, I told my husband, my symptoms are gone. Like, I just, wow. <laughs> I, so honestly, like, I still battle that. I, mm-hmm. I battle that in my mind. Um, not only do I battle, like, being anxious about health stuff, but I battle, like, the symptoms, the physical symptoms of anxiety. So, like, times in my life that I have, I've been on and off um, medication for it. The times I've gone on medication for it are when I can't swallow and I'm hyperventilating and it's like, it manifests itself very physically for me. So that's like the practical way I struggle. Um, And I already shared my spiritual struggle with anxiety. I'm so grateful. I really feel like the Lord has redeemed that. And whenever I feel it creeping in, if I just do, um, you know, the very simple things of like, talking to to Jesus and you know mm, yeah. <laughs> reading word, talking to other believers and when I do those simple acts of obedience he always and when I ask him God will you reassure me of my faith I feel far away from you right now and I know you're not far away mm. um, oh my goodness I saw this thing on Jackie Hope Harry um, mm. on her Instagram the other day and she said something like and I'm gonna not say it as well as she did but she said something about how the sign of a mature believer is when you don't feel it but you are able, how did she say it? Jackie, if you're listening, mm. I'm so sorry. I'm butchering. But it was like, you <laughs> she know, says, Jesus says things so well. I get it. It's hard to repeat oh, it because it's so good. <laughs> like when you're to the point where you can know, okay, I know what's true. And my, my wow. feelings are telling me that it's not, and that my soul is not safe and blah, 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 wherever our minds go. If we can say, okay, but I've experienced the Lord enough to know to know it's true, even when I don't feel it. Like that's a sign of maturity, Ooh. you know? Wow. And it just made me so grateful. Cause it's like, I can just remember so many seasons of my life where I didn't have that maturity and I would flounder in circumstances that felt impossible. Cause we all go wow. through circumstances that feel impossible. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I, I love that. Oh, that's such a good word. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah. Moving um, past the feelings to truth. And yeah, I love that. I, I wanted to read, a quote on that note, um, too. I love this that, and again, I thank you for your vulnerability, um, about all this. And, um, you wrote, you know, I've, I've never written from the stance of I've overcome anxiety and so can you. If you're looking for 10 easy steps, you won't find that here. And I would just add a little note. That's actually, I love that because we're, that's not what our purpose is today either on the podcast, you know, but, um, in our broken world, it's a constant temptation to find a final fix. And we hope to check the box and expect smooth sailing from then on. We will absolutely have smooth sailing someday, just not in this world. The seas of this world have hurricanes, but the Lord has reminded me again and again through his word and his spirit that ultimate peace is our hope and someday um, is our hope someday, but abundant life is available today. I love that. Um, a question I have for you is you've, cause obviously you've dealt with anxiety personally, as you've shared, but I'm sure you've dealt, you know, you've, um, walked alongside others with anxiety, especially with you being so open. I'm sure you have people that you've walked with, you know, arm in arm through this journey, as do I. The question I have for you before we go into maybe some of the encouraging things you share about how to deal with anxiety, what are ways, um, I think Scarlett, I'd love to ask, like, what are ways you've, you've seen like harmful approaches to anxiety or things that maybe didn't work, you know, for you that, um, or, you know, along with that, I just throw in another question there. What about the church in general? How has the church maybe not responded well to this whole topic of anxiousness? 
Hi friends, imagine approaching God's word with confidence in your ability to glean meaningful truths. Imagine being excited to wake up and dive into studying. That is the mission behind the James Method and their exclusive one-of-a-kind verse mapping journal. What is verse mapping, you ask? Excellent question. Verse mapping is a transformative study technique that involves dissecting a biblical verse, delving into its keywords, understanding its historical context, exploring alternate translations, and finding related references. But it doesn't stop there. The James Method Journal encourages reflection on the truths revealed and their application in your daily life. If you are ready to move beyond filling in the blanks and are excited to dig into scripture for yourself, the James Method verse mapping journal might be just what you need. This is not just a product. It's an intimate journey into God's word, making the Bible more than just a book on your shelf, but a living, breathing guide for your life. You can check out the James Method and all the Bible study products they offer in our show notes today, and make sure to use the code ABIDINGFREE to save 20% off your purchase. It's a great question. Um, I would say I'm very encouraged by the mm. big C church in general and how mm. this is like a thing that people are, and even like, okay, so I put this Bible study out through Lifeway Women, right? And yes. they are a brilliant team of amazing people. And I sit at these conference tables. Um, I have one coming out with them next year on shame. And I'm oh. it's like, I sit at these tables and I'm like, what am I doing here? Like these Bible scholars, these genius Bible scholars, yeah. <laughs> I'm work with people that, you know, know the original Hebrew and they're just so smart. Um, mm. But I remember sitting at the table with them when we were, when I was like, you know, showing them my outline and they pick it apart and make it better. And they're amazing. And one of the people at the table said, well, can it be anxious overcoming anxiety with the word of God. And I said exactly the sentiment of what you just read, which is, I think that's awesome. I can't write that Bible study though, because this is oh, a, wow. me, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's not a 10 easy steps and I'm all better. Um, mm-hmm. and I think yeah. that a lot of, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Now I have, um, I have things in my life that God has helped me overcome through the power yeah. of the spirit, through obedience of his word. And I think that's amazing for me personally. I still struggle with this, not every day, but I mean, honestly, every day I do have to fight to put my eyes back on the Lord. So, you know, I think that I'm very encouraged by, you know, the fact that the people at a round table were like, got it. Yes, let's do it. Do it. Do it from that position. You don't have to be yes. there. You know, not that they were asking me to, you know, <laughs> right, right. be the expert. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I joke with people that I'm an expert at being anxious. I'm not like, I'm not. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't have statistics memorized. Um, I do look at them when I'm putting when I'm writing things. But um, Mm. yeah, I would just say with, you know, I I tiptoe around this question just because I never want to share a story that's not mine to share. But I'll say, I have people very close to me who struggle very deeply with anxiety. Mm. And, um, for example, one of my children, I'll just leave it at that. And, Mm. um, walking, I have three daughters walking with her through that. The most encouraging thing that was ever said to me by um, one of my closest friends, I was discouraged because I was watching my daughter suffer in her mind the way I suffered for so many years. And I was trying to help her see the peace. And you can't, you can't really break through um, when someone is in panic mode, you know? Yeah. You can't force them to walk. You can't. Yeah. the correct words you can say to get <laughs> back out of that horrible feeling. 
And mm-hmm. I remember my friend saying, Scarlett, oh, I was, I was feeling guilty. I was like, I have passed this sickness down to my children. Like they have watched me struggle and I'm not an expert at being peaceful now. You know, I, I wish I was, I, I, there are so many times, praise Jesus, that like, I should not be peaceful and the Lord gives me peace. But there are also times my daughters have seen me panic and I just felt so guilty. And my friend said, Scarlett, think of it this way. What a gift from the Lord that you get to parent that daughter of yours and you can walk with her in it from a place of empathy, knowing what she's feeling, um, having learned how to fight it yourself. You know, she is your, you know, wow. was a believer at this point, my daughter. And she's like, she, I mean, is a believer, but she had already accepted the Lord. She's like, she is your sister and you guys can fight together. And that was like, oh, it was such a huge light bulb encouraging, like get yourself friends like that guys, whoever's listening. Like I was just like, she wasn't saying, of course I do things wrong as a mom. She wasn't saying you're perfect. You're awesome. Go continue being the best mom. Like that's not even encouraging because none of us can Mm -hmm. be the best, you know? Um, but it just kind of shifted my perspective. And so now, you know, I still walk with her in that very often and I lead her to do the things that I do, which is, okay, wow. let's God's word. Let's see, let's study the lives of people in the Bible who got it wrong and got it right. You know, let's pray. Let's, um, you know, what are, wh- what are you doing practically when you have this panic feeling? Let's do something different, <laughs> you know, like let's, wow. it's like, it's become this gift Um, Mm. just remembering if, like I said earlier, it's not about me pointing out my awesomeness as a mom, if it really is about pointing to Jesus, which is every Mm. Christian calling, then I don't have to feel defeated when I see people in my life struggling the way that I struggle, you know? And Mm. so, you know, I would say the wrong way to handle it. That was another part of your question would be to be dismissive or, or just to tell someone like snap out of it, which of course I've been guilty of doing that. I'm sure in my, you know, when my kids were younger and the toddlers were screaming, like it's, it's hard to not be dismissive, but you know, whatever's going on in a person's mind when they're having a panic attack or whatever, it's so real and horrible to them. And so I would just say as a believer, the best thing is empathize. And I think we can all empathize with feel, you know, even if you're not, if you wouldn't consider yourself an anxious person, I think that when we walk with the Lord and he, we have his spirit and he makes us more like him, we're able to have compassion, you know, rather Mm. than, uh, you know, impatience and being dismissive. I don't know. Well, that's beautiful. I mean, I, I think what just, gosh, really stands out to me right now is just, you're essentially leading from and discipling your inner child and out of a weakness. And yet I just think about what God says about that. It's like, man, I, that's where power is through the spirit is in weakness. It's such a backward thing to our world. It's (laughs) It's like upside down kingdom. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, we want to be, we want to lead from our, like, you know, strengths in our, (laughs) and God's like, well, actually, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. We have, as I mentioned, we, um, our church is going through your study, about a hundred of us. And I know that that is really a big question is, so I just appreciate that. I didn't even ask about, you know, the whole parenting through, you know, with a child with anxiousness. And I know that's been just a very prevalent top topic among my own mom friends. So I appreciate that so much. And 
I guess I would ask, I know, and I know this could be literally, we could sit here and talk about this for hours, but if, if there was like a few things that stood out to you about God's word and how do we actually use it to, um, and I just, I love the section, you know, in your study through it, but if there was just like some main takeaways of that, Scarlett, like what, how would you say that God's word helps us fight against anxiety? Kristen, you have the best questions. Like you, oh. just, <laughs> I don't know about that. No, you do. Like I, oh. you're just setting me up to say everything that I want. I'm so excited to oh. answer because I'm just well, so excited. Praise God. Yeah, I'm excited because God has so used His Word and used. Um, oh well, that's what I was going to say. You're talking about doing um, my Bible study in community. It's like that epiphany that I had. I didn't even have it. It was of my friend. It was a Christian sister pointing out to me what you just said which is, mm. you know, God using our weakness. Like I didn't see that on my own. That's not like some uh. smart thing I thought of. And so <laughs> that's just another example of how we need each other and community. Wow. Yes. So something that, so I'm so grateful for what the Lord has shown me through his word. And, you know, even in the Bible study, I think in the back, there's like my fear fighting verses. And, um, you know, I, I'm all for scripture memorization, obviously doing, mm. going through Bible studies, but something that the Lord has used just in the last few years to really just change me um, is and give me peace and joy is I, I started studying the Bible in this unhurried way, cover to cover, like no agenda. I'm just going to be with the Lord. I'm not going to set a timer. I'm not going to. And again, that's not to say I haven't also been like doing something with my church or doing this or doing that, yeah. but just incorporating a, uh, you know, and I'm part of that is just my, early faith was so I better memorize this book so I can be a good Christian. And so kind mm. of like untangling that and reading it differently, like, okay, I'm just reading it. This is God's word. It's living and active. I believe it's true. I believe it does what it says it, it's going to do. So let me treat it that way rather than treating wow. it like another trophy that I can hang on my yeah. wall. Like, I, read this like book, a, I know this book. Like a checkbox of, yeah. Of, right. Exactly. So, um, I mean, honestly, like I've been doing like a five year read. Like I am still. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Seriously. But like mm. I have had experienced more supernatural life change doing it that way. And I mean, I last year I did a CBS community Bible study thing. We went through Daniel and Revelation and like that simultaneously. But like, but having that one Bible where it's like, I know where I'm at because of all the notes I've taken and then I get to that spot. And it's amazing how like, I mean, I've experienced a lot of tragedy this past year in my own personal life, um, wow. death, suicide um, of my uncle, who oh. um, was my only local relative when we moved out here a year ago, year and a half wow. ago. Um, and I just remember before all that happened, we moved out here May of 2021 and we had just moved into our new house and I was sitting on the roof and I was reading through Job because that's like where I happened to be in, in my reading through slowly. And I was reading about this faithful man who, you know, lost everything and he was, he never denied God. And I'm, I'm reading that from this place in my own life of everything was going really well at that point. Like we're in a new place and we're mm. at a new church and everything, my kids are healthy and happy. And it was just one of those seasons where it's like, okay, everything's going well. What's, what's like the a, next tragedy? Yeah. Like, a season of, I like to call it a season of green pasture. And, yes, yeah. Yes. And like the old me who was just enslaved to anxiety would be the most anxious in that kind of season. Cause I'd be like, okay, what's coming next for me? Wow. Because, oh God, is someone going to have cancer? Someone's going right. to die. And I just remember reading 
through Job and, and telling God in my prayer up on the roof here, um, God, I'm going to experience suffering while I live here. Wow. Right now, but I'm going to experience more suffering and you're still going to be God and you're still going to be good and you're still going to love me and be with me. I remember mm-hmm. praying that and it was, let's see, that was May, June, July, August, three months later, my uncle um, died by suicide. 16 oh. days later, my grandma died. And these were like parent figures in my life. During all the chaos of my childhood, um, divorce and everything, my grandma came to live with us for a while. My uncle came to live with us for a while to help take care of me. And wow. um, so it was like shockingly horrible grief, which I'm still wow. working through. But it was like, I had no doubt that I was not alone in that grief, you know? And it was like, I know... I I have thought about it a million times, that moment on the rooftop where it was like, God was using that slow, just, you know, looking at his word, asking him questions, praying through his word slowly, um, preparing me for the pain that was to come. And I wasn't shocked by it. And I, I, it wasn't unexpected. I mean, of course, death is unexpected feeling always, but it was like, if I hadn't been doing that, you know, I think, I think we read through the Bible and sometimes it feels like nothing and we feel distant from God and it, you know, but mm. you never know <laughs> what's around the corner and how he's yeah. going to comfort you, you know, wow. a year from now. So I would just say God's word is a gift. View it mm. as a gift, it like a gift rather than a checkbox. Wow. Thing. I, the word that kept coming to my mind as you were sharing is redemption because um, it's interesting. It, it made me think of, as you were sharing some years ago, a friend, I, I had a similar experience. I was in a season of green pasture, you know, everything was going well. And it, yeah, I was, I was af- afraid to, I'm like, oh no, oh no, like <laughs> what's next? And I had a, I had a friend who said to me, Kristen, she said, um, God often uses the seasons of green pasture to strengthen you for the suffering that's coming. And so he, I feel like he, what he did for me, which I feel like it sounds like for you is like he redeemed the season of green pasture of this like constant panic of what's next to, okay, God prepare me for mm-hmm. that next season. I mean, how crazy that he was, you were reading Job, you know, and you're like, what? <laughs> but that, I guess just as you were sharing, I just thought, oh, that's so redeeming. Like just, uh, yeah, how God shifted that for you. And I'm just so sorry for that season. Um, that sounds like you're still in, um, Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, um, another question I just love to ask too is, you know, how would, how would you respond? um, You know, if someone, if someone were to say, you know, Scarlett, okay, listen, this is not my first podcast. I've listened to on anxiousness. I've heard sermons. I've done Bible studies. I did your Bible study. (laughs) You know, I've prayed, I've, I've had counseling, medication, diet, you know, and I still am struggling. Like, I know that's a big question. Um, and it, it, you know, obviously there's a lot of factors who's asking it, who, you know, but would you have any just general encouragement for somebody like that who might be listening right now of just still feeling so hopeless? Yeah. I mean, that's such a loaded, big question. You're right. Right. But it's, you know, I think that if we look at what the Bible says, um, you know, he, Jesus doesn't give us 10 easy steps, but he does give us a prescription, so to speak. He does tell us about the power of prayer. He does tell us that we need community and that we need to bring our suffering, our sin into the light with other believers. Um, I would say, uh, you know, I would say to 
tap into every, that's what I do. I, I ask people close to me questions. I, I go to counseling. Yeah. I, you know, I do everything I can do to be healthy and to do what the ultimate thing that you need to do is, which is, is it Colossians three, two, set your mind on things above, not mm-hmm. on earthly things. That is like wow. the main anxiety thing. It's like, if we set our eyes on what's in front of us, how can we not be panicked? Like, look at this world. Wow. It's, it's, it's terrifying. It has not stopped being terrifying. It's gotten more terrifying since I wrote that Bible yeah. story a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah um, right. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, if we are able to zoom out, every time I'm able to just zoom out and think, if I really believe that there mm. is eternal heaven, you know, peace with being with Jesus after mm. this life, like I really, I really should have nothing to fear. Like he, he really has conquered the things that are actually, you know, dangerous from an eternal standpoint. Um, wow. So I would say fight to set your mind on things above, not on earthly things and do that via anything that you can, because I think all of us are wired differently and we all have different struggles for different reasons. And you know, when I'm really, really struggling, I think, okay, am I doing, am I eating healthy? Am I you know, mm, exercising? Yeah. Am I obeying what, what God says? There are so many times in my life where I, I didn't feel like I was praying for, um, you know, for God to fix something. And yet I wasn't willing to do what he was leading me to do when I would read his wow. word. And so wow. it's like that obedience does lead to joy. And it's like our brains tell us that obedience will lead to, you know, missing out or suffering. And of course, walking with Jesus is their suffering is part of that. Jesus told us that that would happen. Um, mm. but yeah, that's my, my long, long answer to a, a very hard question. <laughs> no, I mean, that was amazing. I, I think what, you know, is standing out to me too, that you've brought up a, a few times, which I, so appreciate is just this word community and how significant it is. And, you know, we did another podcast on loneliness and um, you wrote with Lifeway. And I remember a quote from Lifeway about, they said, gosh, I hope I, I can say it right. Um, we have, I think they called it crowded loneliness. We are around people, but we're not connected. And I think you've just so hit it on the head is, is, I think, you know, are, we need to be vulnerable with others. We need, like you said, the first thing you said, I love that. And you've experienced healing through that is you reach out to people, you know, and I just, I so appreciate you sharing, sharing that because it can be tempting. I think too, with social media and we could, that's a whole nother topic, but we can have this, you know, idea that we are connected and, you know, I mean, quite frankly, like you and I were both, we like to maybe share things on social media. And I can, even for me, it's like, I can share, I can think I'm being open and like share on, even on social media that I'm struggling with fear and anxiety, but that's not being intimate with it. Like that's not. And so I just appreciate how it's not just sharing. It's one thing I just feel like what stood out to me is you're talking about literally being immersed in community. Would you say that's kind of some... Totally. And I, I lean hermit. So it is definitely <laughs> hard for me, but it's true. I lean hermit. Again and again. So, yeah. 
Well, Scarlett, again, just thank you so much uh, in leading in vulnerability and humility here on the podcast. And, you know, again, um, for all our listeners, I just want to mention that uh, you can get her Bible studies pretty much wherever ever books are sold. Christ, you know, Christian Bible studies are sold. The first one that we've been talking about a lot, again, is called Anxious Fighting Anxiety with the Word of God. As I mentioned, we have about 100 women at my church, you know, that are doing this. And it's been amazing. Like Scarlett said, we're doing it within community. And, you know, the book she's also written, Afraid of All the Things. And he numbered the pores on my face. And Scarlett, again, can you tell us what's coming out? I know you mentioned it sooner, but if you wouldn't mind just sharing lastly, what? Of course. Um, He numbered the pores on my face is the one that I wrote for teen girls. The other ones are for adults. um, My newest one for women is um, you're the worst person in the world. So that's a, that's that's not a Bible study. It's just a book, like afraid of all the things. So a book. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, All those will be linked in our show notes and just want you guys to know we are praying for you. We know this is just a hard topic. It's again, it's something that we've all struggled with, but we pray again that um, you took some truth with you today. And I think again, the first thing is, you know, to reach out to somebody to dive into God's word and to know that he is with you always and forever. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have a second, please share this episode with someone you love. Also, if you could scroll down and rate our podcast and follow us on social media at Abiding Free, this will help us reach more with the message of freedom. Yeah, and then just be sure to join us next week for another episode and know we love and are praying for you.